Hey there, lovebirds and lone wolves. It's your favorite sexpert, Stephanie Smith, and we're about to take a joyride through the wild world of sex and relationships. So buckle up, because we're going to laugh, learn, and maybe even blush a little as we uncover the secrets to kick-ass sex life. So grab your headphones and get ready for some scandalous stories, quirky advice, and a whole lot of laughs. Welcome to Let's Talk About Sex with me, Stephanie Smith, the podcast that's about to make your ears blush. All right, we're here with our first dead bedroom. I moved out. This is mostly a post for myself to look back on as things continue to progress. I moved out two months ago and have been living separately from my partner, but we are still very much together. The space has let me reflect and realize a few things. Being alone and looking after myself is weirdly erotic and makes me feel competent and sexy. I've never lived alone ever, always in shared houses or with my partner. Having an entire space of my own to maintain and looking after all of my own needs as basic as, as it is, has made me feel very solid in myself and it's had a positive impact on my libido and sexual health, though I already considered myself a high libido. I spent more time fretting, talking, and complaining about lack of sex than I did doing anything useful to fix it. Oops. This is something very clear with space and hindsight. Communicating disappointment and pain is important for sure, but at some point I was getting in my own way. The dead bedroom had be continue, had become the stand-in for all any and all problems, and beca- because it upset me so much, my mind would inevitably take me to the and we don't have sex conclusion, where I would stick. This made it impossible to see issues for what they were, and again, living apart has made this much easier. People love and respect me, and non-conventional choices will not always be met with hostility or judgment. Telling people about moving out was a big stress for me. I didn't think people would get it. Turns out most of them do, and they don't. And if they don't, they respect it. My nan, who I consider very traditional, said she thought it was a good way to reset the relationship and wished me the best with it. Conversation I cried with relief after. Related to the above, I need to start giving people more credit and realize we have all had a relationship of issues and experiences in our lives. We're all probably more similar than we think. My partner is above all else just that, my partner, and our partnership can look any which way we desire. We are a team and allies, and fundamentally, we want what is best for each other. There was no malice in anything we did or said around DB. His lack of engagement with the issue for so long was a result of overwhelm and anxiety and not having the tools to cope with big emotions, so instead, shutting down. Forgiving others and yourself feels good. Go do it. I like that. This is an amazing post. Um, When I look at all the dead bedrooms, it makes me think a lot of times that people just need space and time by themselves. I know that time and space by yourself helps you to think clearly and understand what 
what is really, what, you know, decipher what's really going on. When you have this going on in your ear or this going on and you're kind of maybe woodpecked, it's very difficult in um, that kind of space to actually, you know, think clearly and um, probably the right way. Um, so if you are in a dead bedroom, if it is possible at all, take a trial separation. It will be huge. Do an, an, a breakup. If you feel you need to do a legal separation due to anybody being a little wild or crazy, if you're married, then that would be something that I would always suggest. So that way, um, financially, no one is responsible for other people's um, craziness um, in the legal separation. And um, But I think getting you know, and if you're not married, even if you're just in a relationship and it's not working out, um, but you, you know, maybe you two just need a break. Um, sometimes it's just good to just go time out. We need a break. And even if it's however, I mean, it's really hard when you live in one household, but usually there's another room, maybe there's another space, um, come up with guidelines, um, lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, do it all different, um, take care of yourself, everyone, take, you know, just have some ground rules. And maybe that will be relief enough for both of you to think more clearly about your situation. I love this because she also took responsibility for the fact that she felt she was more complaining consistently about the dead bedroom than actually doing anything to fix it. And, you know, and what could she do to fix it? You know, maybe she did try some things, but um, it is always important, you know, being a woodpecker on the same topic, it, it just people will just eventually not want to talk much anymore. So it is important that we kind of um, pulse how people are feeling because there is um, sometimes people can feel it and some people can't, but sense what the, your partner is feeling or just ask them honestly. And, you know, maybe the trial separation would be the best because, you know, when, when you, when you get that separation, big things happen, big things, major things. And until you've done that and have lived it, you won't know what I'm talking about. So sorry, but I've lived it a few times and I will tell you, it is such a relief. The pressure's off. I get more time and space to really think more clearly and I've done this throughout my life and it's been very helpful. Um, all right. I love the fact that she talks about the non-conventional choices and, you know, it's really not up to what other people think. And it really isn't. So I would not even be worried about what other people think. But if you're going, if you're in a dead bedroom, which it seems that there's like some people are just pushed against the wall where they don't want to even just talk about it. Um, come up with a, an alternative, possibly. Dial a dick, dial a vagina. I, I, there's nothing that, but in that respect, there is ways to go and find a penis and a vagina. 
You could be, if you're a single woman, you could go to a, a, a resort, have a, a swinging resort, resort because they allow couples and single women only. So it would be appropriate for a single woman to do that. Now, if you're a man trying to explore, I know men tend to find it a little bit more difficult, and I really don't think that the bars are the perfect place, but that's just my personal opinion, just because you never know what you're picking up and what happens if it's just pure craziness. So you just don't want to add any more drama and chaos into your life. <clears throat> if you are going to do these types of things, it is best to do it out of your area. If you are going to date other people, if you and your partner are, have not decided what you're going to do, because if other people see you, then you're going to have to start explaining. So you might as well. If you're not ready to make that decision, which it kind of sounds like this person is not ready to make that decision. I mean, they're both, it sounds like they're kind of back and forth. So it's good that they're, um, the break has done them well. I mean, you can tell that. Um, and that she said that she needed to give them more credit and that she wanted to, um, you know, just take more time with, fixing herself so that she could be better. I don't know. I, for me personally, I, I think it's really important to do all that self-help work before we get into relationships. I know in the past, I have not done that, um, prior years, years and years ago. Um, but I've learned over my years that it is better to fix things and, before you move on to the next one, because it just will follow you. And if you haven't fixed it, meaning like if, if you were anything that was kind of triggering you before that you haven't let go fixed, it will then, if this person, this new person does it, then you will be zero to a hundred in a minute, in a New York minute or in a hot minute because it triggers you. So instead of, you know, bringing those triggers with you. It's really important that you work on those triggers. So that way you have worked through all those past issues before you're really trying to be in another relationship. And, um, we could talk more about the list that I have for everyone, for partners that I've been creating and compiling and I'm really finding that people are really not asking a lot of questions when they're meeting people and really defining their needs and what their partner's needs are before anything. Like before you start deciding to, you know, be in a long-term relationship. I mean, you know, I would say six months to a year to decide whether or not, or even a year and a half to decide if you want a long-term relationship. I think you've got to, we need to take a little longer time to get to know people. And if you got red flags going off in the beginning, you know, I wouldn't let them go. It's important to keep all the red flags right there and make decisions from that because they don't go away. Okay. And I know we all try to, you know, be flexible or, oh, we want to give them a chance or we think we can help them which I've learned long ago, you can't help people that don't want help. And if they don't want to do it, it ain't going to happen. Just telling you. So you uh, being whole 
having the list of exactly what your needs are before you pop into, at least before you move in together, for goodness sakes. Because once you move in together, it's basically saying that we're going to have a long-term relationship for a long time. We want to be together. And I know it does make for easy finances at times. I do. I get it. It does make for, um, you know, you're already seeing each other. You're at each other's house all the time. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be huge for you to think about living with the girlfriends and still dating, finding times where you have your dates before you really decide whether or not you want to move in with a man. Because then you integrate and it is a lot of work to exit yourself from situations like that for both couples, not just from one, for both people. So I'm just glad that this lady has, you know, she's really learned a lot about herself and has learned a lot about um, what her needs are for the future so that she knows not to make those mistakes, whether or not she gets back with her partner or not, because she didn't say that. She said progress because they're still working on it. So anyways, I want to wish her well. She's done a great job really taking the time and space and out working on herself, realizing things. And that's all we can do to be better people. All right. Well, that's it for the Gilston. I'm Stephanie your host, and your Gilfie. And I look forward to seeing you again. Stay sexy. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for joining me on today's exhilarating podcast of Let's Talk About Sex. If you loved what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, make sure to hit that subscribe button, like, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Don't miss out on our future episodes packed with even more tips, tricks, and tantalizing discussions. Got something to share or a burning question? I want to hear from you. Send me a message on social media or in my email. Your thoughts and stories and feedback mean the world to me, and I can't wait to hear from each and every one of you. Remember, your sexual empowerment journey doesn't end here. Keep exploring, keep growing, and keep embracing your fabulous, authentic self. Until next time, this is Stephanie Smith signing off. Stay adventurous, stay safe, and stay sexy.